Este podcast está patrocinado por el Plantívoro Industries. O sea, por mí. Específicamente por mi recetario titulado y la proteína, que incluye 23 recetas veganas altas en proteína y además te platico todo lo que tienes que saber acerca de la proteína vegetal para que nunca sufras una deficiencia. Encuéntralo en mi página, elplantívoro.com. También acabo de publicar junto con Vic mi primer audiolibro. Vic es una plataforma con más de 250 mil títulos que puedes escuchar en español y en inglés. Entre ellos está el mío, donde te cuento mi trayectoria y aprendizajes en el veganismo desde un punto mucho más personal. Es un contenido completamente diferente a lo que he publicado y estoy muy orgulloso del resultado. Además, te quiero regalar 14 días gratis en Vic para que puedas escuchar mi audiolibro y muchos otros. Te dejo el link en mi perfil. Disculpa la interrupción, pero si no me promociono yo, ¿quién más? Así que sin más que decir, disfruta el episodio. Si quieres transformar tu cuerpo para así dominar tu vida, bienvenido, bienvenida a El Plantívoro Podcast. Ok, so this is the first episode of this podcast. I, I wouldn't know how to say the name in, in English, the Plantivore podcast. And I'm with Laura. She's from Austria. And she is, we could say, plant-based. We were just discussing that. She's not fully vegan. She's not fully vegetarian. And we're going to discuss a little bit about that. Uh, and yeah, how are you today? I'm very good. <laughs> a good mood to talk. <laughs> good. We, we just talked like for about an hour. So we're, we're keeping on talking. We're already warmed up. And I haven't asked you this because I wanted to be on the record. Tell me about how you started moving towards a plant-based lifestyle. Uh, it was like that style with my, um, like with me being a scout. This is a okay. part of my life. Like I started being a scout when I was five years old, which kind of like raised me in a very environmental aware way. I would say like I was always aware that My nature is a huge part of me and I'm a huge part of, part of the nature. And I also, like, I'm a kind of person who always prepared their own meals. So it's yeah. hard to ignore what you eat. You see it and you make it all day long. Okay. And you don't like cooking animals? I do. do. <laughs> like, I don't have a problem with it. It just, I, I remember... I decided to be vegetarian when I was like 14 year old and it was because of the animals and I liked them so much and I couldn't hold it through barbecue season to be honest. Okay. That was hard. And the second time I became a vegetarian, it was very, very spontaneously. Like I was at a workshop and I just decided to sign up as vegetarian and then I kept going on for three years. Okay. So you didn't really plan it, you just said vegetarian. Yeah. And why did you do that? <laughs> Some of the reasons are stupid because, first of all, the line at the meat meals were longer. And second, I thought it's such an easy change. Like, I, in that moment, I was like having a spiritual thought. I don't know. I was thinking like, it's so easy not to eat meat. And I think I just had a discussion with a guy who told me how he's like, it's impossible for him to get rid of it or not eat meat. And I thought like, this is stupid to be so caged like, within your okay. own needs yes i like to be in control of my needs kind of and i thought i also want to be in control of my my need or my want to eat meat and really really quickly about this guy i bet that he never even tried to eat meat or yeah, did he i i i don't know like i can't remember but of course it's like 
they speak quite easily, these people. Yeah, they, exactly. they never try, and they had days where they went through without meat, without yeah. even knowing. Okay, this is something that I really want to talk about, and it's the social part of being plant-based. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? I mean, I, I don't know if in Europe it's easier to be plant-based. Do you get a lot of comments? Do you get the comment that you're going to die or that you're, you're going to be nutrient deficient or what do you get? Of course. I, I feel like this was the most interesting part for me about being vegan or being vegetarian because I was vegetarian for three years and uh, one and a half years I was vegan as well. And the hardest parts for me were like how people reacted. I didn't know that it the reactions are going to be that strong because I remember that during that time I mostly had conversations about what I eat mm-hmm. and people like even I wasn't the one making a deal out of it I have to say <laughs> that like at the beginning yeah. I talked to some friends telling them about what I do in life which is normal I guess mm-hmm. but at parties it, it was the other people coming up to me yeah. asking me about what I eat and I never asked them like yeah. I, it's not that I forced it on them but they came to me and it was annoying and it was exhausting because yeah as you said they told me I'm gonna die they told me that they can't do it and they told me that it's very risky and they told me that when I will have a child I will have to stop because it's really unhealthy for my baby which okay. I'm not yeah. I, I was 19 yeah. <laughs> and also, they told me, like, it was, yeah, it's people who are not doctors or anything giving me, like, um, advice on my nutrition and everything. And even though some people were, like, overweight or, like, you could see that their diet is not healthy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, not that all overweight people are on an unhealthy diet, but, like, people who really ate only shit told me <laughs> that I will be so weak and I won't be able... And this is going to be so bad. And they actually, people started talking about, uh, with me about my poop. And I was oh, like, really? oh, wow, in- interesting. Wow. Like study colleagues. And I was like, <laughs> they actually asked me like how my fart smell. And I was like, I don't know why this, why this. <laughs> do you want to smell it right now? Show <laughs> <laughs> like, It was really weird. But honestly, I think their question helped me realize how it actually affects me because because I heard all this uh, shit about the nutrition, that was all actually the reason why I went to the doctor every like three months to get my blood tested. And I actually saw that things are working on fine. Like, I don't know. I never had any problems. Like, the only thing they told me is that I should eat less sugar. And that's not about being vegan. That's exactly. like about me liking cakes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just as a comment, I also haven't had any problems regarding nutrition. On the contrary, I've had some benefits to eliminating certain animal products. Yeah. Like, I saw also a lot of um, advantages. Like, I saw that I'm spending less on food, which to many people seemed weird because all these soy products are so expensive. Mm-hmm. And also, I ate more when I was yeah. a vegan or a vegetarian. Like, the amount of food I ate was more. But still, it was cheaper. Another advantage I saw, I always said, when I had a meal with me and I'm full, I'm like definitely full. I'll yeah. sit on the couch for an hour and I'll, it's going to be like exhausting. Yeah. But when I had a meal of vegan stuff and I got full and I even had like two plates and not only one, I considered myself as full, but I would still have been able to run around the house once. Yeah, you have energy. It yeah. doesn't take as much energy to digest 
plant foods than animals. It was really weird. Like this yeah. came really shocking to me because I I'm a lazy person and I always thought that this is how it's supposed to be. Like when you're full, you're also exhausted. Yeah. But I wasn't. And that's one thing about trying different things that you're in a current state that you think is what's normal. But it's not until you change things up with your life or your nutrition that you realize that there are other states that may be even better than what you're used to. Because you were used to feeling full and just wanting to lie down, right? Yeah. And that changed. Yeah. It, like, it changed, it changed a lot. It actually made me become a less lazy person because I'm really lazy, but <laughs> I, I was always in the mood to go outside of the food. And yeah, I really, I saw also, as I said, like one a big part of me, or like one reason why I became vegan that time was because I wanted to see what is inside the products I eat. Exactly. Because you usually never turn around the shit you buy in the supermarket. And I was really surprised sometimes. For example, there's fish sauce in things. And really? fish sauce <laughs> is not a thing yeah. people know about or yeah. anything. And it just pops up and it's as price. Or milk. They put like milk powder in almost everything. In everything. It's very annoying. Very, very annoying. Yeah, and it made me aware not only how much milk and meat is inside of things, but also how much chemicals. Like this was also another another thing I realized when I was a vegan, how much shit is like um, conserved with very, very strong chemicals. Like things you don't even know what it is when you read it. And which is not only bad for you, I guess it's bad for the environment too. Yeah. Of course, both, but it's also bad for me. It's yeah, also like, it's what the fuck? Like, you, I, I wanted to eat some chicken and not like antibiotics. <laughs> you do you. Exactly. And another thing that, okay, so let's say that we cover nutrition. It's fine. You don't have any problem <laughs> yeah. with it. Please stop asking. What, what I want to ask too is that you are very into the environmental movement too. So regarding meat and animal products, why does it help to remove them from your diet, the environment? Because producing meat takes way more energy than producing um like vegan products because like if you want to raise a cow and you have to feed it for a couple of years that's just like the amount of plants you yourself would eat like in i don't know 150 years i think exactly it's like it just takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of water also animals produce gas themselves mm-hmm. and as I said before, we have this thing in Austria, a lot of people eat or they say that they only eat organic meat and they are super proud of it. But organic meat takes its place and it takes its time. And if you would take the amount of meat Austrians eat today and you would only produce it in, like, you would only produce organic meat too. Oye, antes de seguir con el episodio, te quiero platicar de la mejor proteína vegetal que hay en el mercado. Si eres atleta, ya sea que corras, maratones, camines, vayas al gimnasio o practiques fútbol, Vida Birdman es mi marca favorita porque son productos 100% de origen vegetal, libres de químicos, soya, lácteos y gluten. Y aparte son de excelente calidad, no he encontrado nada mejor en el mercado y tienen un muy buen sabor. Tienen proteína en polvo, creatina, leches vegetales, BCAAs, entre muchos otros productos. Si quieres revisarlos, ve a su página, vidabirdman.com. Y personalmente te platico que llevo ya consumiéndola por tres años y me ha encantado. Así que a ti que estás escuchando este podcast, te quiero dar un regalo y es un 15% de descuento si usas mi código El Plantívoro cuando compres cualquiera de los productos en la página de Vida Birdman. Si quieres una proteína o un suplemento 100% de origen vegetal y aparte de la más alta calidad, consume los productos de Vida Birdman, usa mi código de descuento, te lo repito, El Plantívoro, para que te hagan un 15% de descuento. 
Eso es todo. Sigue disfrutando del episodio. Please, these needs. You would need like 70% of the land of Austria to produce it. So it's like, it takes up space. Mm. We're running out of space because we're having overpopulation as well. Um, and it takes up energy and it takes up farmers. And still the farmers in Austria, for example, like the small farmers, the, the good farmers, the not mass producing farmers, they are not paid enough. Mm-hmm. And it's not... For them, most of them have to kind of like close down because these big energy taking companies are running them out. Exactly. exactly. We, we always have this picture of this happy cow and this happy farm, which is not like that. As yeah. we move on, less and less of those happy farms exist. And like 98% of the market is big industries which do not treat the animal. Well, if, if you care about animals, I know some don't, some do. But that was the environmental part of the of of the the aspect of being plant based. Now I want to ask you another part, which is kind of more like the the ethical. We were just discussing that yeah. you're not that much of a oh I feel for this animal, not that much. But you do think it's weird that we take the milk of a cow, right? Yeah, like I think how to say this. I'm I would say I'm okay with animals dying, and I'm okay with the idea of hunting because animals hunt animals as well, and mm-hmm. like animals feed themselves from other animals, like insects and shit. Like this is these are things that happen. So I'm not feeling shitty for humans who hunt if they hunt the right thing, like if they hunt happy animals that are not um, threatened to be endangered. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. Like, as you said, I don't like the part where you take the milk of the cow because I think this is super weird. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of fine with like killing the cow after the cow had a happy life and was like doing its own thing, living its own life. And then when it ends, because it has to end one day, okay, you might eat it. But I think it's super weird to like mm-hmm. milk the cow and their whole lives or to like make chickens have their period more yeah. often just so you can eat it it's really weird when you think about it yeah. and i don't know of course a lot of people did that but if you would compare this to humans or to pet animals like you would never use drink the, the milk of your cat you would give yeah. her milk from a cow which is weird <laughs> it makes no sense yeah. I, like it just doesn't because this is actually this is kind of like For me, it's raping the child of the cow because the child, like the little cow, is the one who's supposed to get the milk. Exactly, and and you just take him away or her. Yeah, and even if I don't take it away from the baby cow, it's still it does something to the cow that I keep on milking it. Yeah. Like it changes the genes and whatever, and they will produce way too much milk, and and this is weird. Yeah. Just so I have can I have my cappuccino. Exactly. This is this is always one of the of the things I I really like like animals they have to suffer a lot so we are pleased for this one little thing. Yeah. Because I like my cappuccino way better with cow milk than with soy milk. Mm-hmm. And for this little small moment of pleasure I am willing to sacrifice the life of a cow. Yeah. And and When you're talking about milk, it's not sacrificing the life. It's just yeah. a life that's miserable for a long, long time. Yeah. Like, my opinion is this sounds hard, but I'd rather kill the cow than, like, milk it for 20 years. Exactly. That, that's a good, good, yeah. respectable opinion. And now, 
The, wait, just just like a parenthesis, there are a lot of options, a lot of plant-based options, which are delicious. If anyone's listening that, I don't know what to replace cow's milk with, I can give you 20 options. Soy milk, oat milk, almond milk, hazelnut milk, hemp coconut milk, milk, coconut yeah. milk, etc. Just try and choose whatever you like best. But I was going to ask you, like moving moving on from the, from the cow, from the cow thing, and more into the... I am 90% vegan or 90% vegetarian or I eat mostly plant foods, which I am very okay with. And I want to, I want people to understand that this is a very, very good approach rather than just saying, Oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm never going to be vegan or never going to be vegetarian. I think this is a problem a lot of people have. Like the, all these guys who say I could never do it because I like meat so much. They don't see that you don't have to live your life forever without meat. You just. Just reduce it. If you exactly. if you can reduce it for like 10 or 20%, you're already doing fine because you're already doing better than before. Exactly. And like the way I eat, I don't know. I think people, I'm not the only one who has this craving like at two in the morning to have like a Nutella piece of bread or whatever. So like what I eat and how I eat, this is not science. This is, this is what my body wants from me. And this is like the moods I'm in or whatever. So I'm not, I don't have a book where I like look up and ah, this week I have to eat two pumpkins. I just eat what I want. But when I get hungry, I use these three seconds to turn it around and see what is it. Okay. (laughs) It's, it's not that hard. It's not, it's not like you have to, Make up a philosophy or anything. You can just take five more seconds before you eat something. Exactly. It's really easy, actually. Yeah, and just doing like some meals, some recipes that are plant-based could be very, very beneficial. It's. I think people stop being proud of themselves when they kind of like leave out the ham out of the sandwich and just eat it with vegetables. But that's also a step in the right direction. Like you don't have to overdo it. You have to do as much as you can do. That's it. Exactly. And, and also like get informed, you know, just not take out the meat and leave the rice, you know, just maybe add some chickpeas or beans or some other kind of protein. Just don't do it without being informed, but do take small steps and get informed, I, I would say. And just to kind of get uh, into the end of the podcast, I would like to ask you to give us advice on how to be not vegan, not vegetarian, but more towards a plant-based lifestyle in like a more concrete steps that maybe work for you or that could work for someone? I I don't know. Like I work with children. Children are huge fans of hamburgers or anything. Like they love meat and they hate all kind of vegetables. And what I do with them is like I make, when I prepare a meal for them and they tell me their wishes, I make them like choose one vegetable which we should add to the meal. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of like receive different levels and sometimes they use, they choose two vegetables and then sometimes we are already able to leave out the meat kind of. So I like, I like to see these, these things as a game. It's not, it's not something I have to follow and it's not my duty, but it's fun to have like one green thing in every meal. It's kind of like, I don't know, playing Candy Crush or something. You have to yeah. put the colors together. And if you manage to have like more than three colors in your meal, you're doing fine. Good. Yeah. And it's easy. And it looks nice. Okay. So more like challenges, not like, like challenges. Yeah. You know? Challenges is a good word. That's that's how we've been raised or like that's how we do it with the kids. Because you have, I think placebo is something that's a huge thing. Like it's really easy to trick yourself into something. Yeah. 
exactly. very easy and it's fun as well like okay. if you challenge yourself to eat like one yellow one red and one green thing per day perfect easy that's great advice eat one yellow one green and one red vegetable every day and then you'll be more you'll be moving towards a plant-based lifestyle yeah. and then you have like long-term challenges like every month you have to eat one kind of vegetable you've never eaten before because Ooh, nice. you would be surprised yeah. like i i once did a challenge where i had to write down all the vegetables i know to see how many you can get and i did it with a friend who was able to list like 10 and i had like 59 because you just whoa <laughs> yeah i mean Okay, you can have like a white onion and red onion, yeah, uh, yeah. but but still, if you do it and then you try, for example, I hate um, fenchel. I don't know if you know it. It's like um, I don't like a root, and it has a very strong, intense taste, and I don't like it at all. But I okay. eat it every uh, two months, once, yeah. because I I dislike it so much, and I actually feel sorry for it. I feel like <laughs> something. Oh, leaving you out okay so come again. in come yeah. into my body okay i good. can mix you with the sweet potatoes <laughs> and it's gonna be fine okay good. yeah <laughs> that's that's great advice okay so now before we go i just want you to give us as we've already done before a piece of life advice but you can't copy what we've already discussed in the last episode okay i'm, I'm thinking what kind of life advice i i can give i'm i'm allowed to say something which is not off topic right yeah of course okay like there's one it's not, it's not really advice, but it's a finding I had, which is very interesting. They told me that you are unable to feel fear when you're singing. Oh. <laughs> so it's actually really good to know to, like, whenever you're in, in panic or something uncomfortable is happening and you have to tell your boss you don't want to work there anymore, if you start singing in your head, it actually makes <laughs> you, like, it prevents you from feeling the fear, which is cool. No te creas, espérame tantito antes de que te vayas. Te quería pedir un favor. Si te gustó el episodio, si te gusta mi contenido, por favor comparte. Si te da pena compartir en tu historia, mínimo déjame 5 estrellas aquí en Spotify o en Apple Podcasts si usas esa plataforma. Y nada, de verdad, gracias, gracias por compartir. Sin ti, esto no crecería. Así que, gracias. Y ahora sí, adiós.